Hello, I'm Father Wayne Shibley, rector at St. John Chrysostom Anglican Church, the host parish of the Anglican Internet Church. And I welcome you once again to our new homily series, The War on Christianity. In episode two, I'm going to focus on how the church found itself in this lamentable situation. Much like dealing with drug or alcohol addiction, one cannot solve a problem without first admitting that there is a problem. Admitting that the world is at war with Christianity is something that many Christians have been unable or unwilling to do. I suggest that the problem is not going to go away by ignoring it. Several years ago, then-President George W. Bush bristled at the war label, saying that America was not at war with Islam. I think he com completely missed the point, as indeed he and many others today still miss the most essential point, and that is that while we are not at war with Islam, Islam is at war with us. It is often said that for there to be a war, there must be two parties. That is true. However, sometimes one of the parties doesn't know it's a war. That, however, doesn't stop the war from being waged against them. But the war on Christianity is just not, is not just about our struggle against political Islam, whether among terrorists or the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt or Hezbollah in Lebanon and Gaza. The war on Christianity is also being waged almost daily by newspaper editors, college professors, social workers, and other instruments of today's aggressively secular culture. Let me give you some examples. Nearly any newspaper or magazine will run articles or advertisements about, quote, art, unquote, which demeans the beliefs of the Christian faith, usually picking on such clear symbols as the cross or images of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Most galleries are also willing to give the artists, unquote, exposure on their premises. But ask yourself this, where are the demeaning images of Muhammad, of the Koran? Generally, you will not find them. Why? Because these same newspapers or magazine editors or gallery operators fear the backlash from Islam and Islamists. Why then do they not fear a backlash from Christians? They don't fear such a backlash because Christians have not yet admitted that the war on Christianity exists. They don't see what is happening in politics, society, the media, and academe as an, as an existential threat. They explain it away citing high-sounding terms such as freedom of expression, academic freedom, and freedom of the press. Let me give you another example of the double standard as regards Christianity and Islam. In the media, in the academic world, and among politicians, you will find fierce advocates of same-sex marriage. Indeed, you will find, and are going to see more of in the future, aggressive attacks upon those who will not sanction gay marriage. But do this. 
run a search for articles on the Muslim position on homosexuality, especially on same-sex marriage. You won't find them, because there are few or none, certainly none in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Tribune, the Chicago Tribune, the Boston Globe, USA Today. Other examples of the double standard can be found in the book reviews of the Washington Post and the New York Times of the new book on Christianity by a Muslim scholar. The scholar denies that Jesus was a prince of peace, calling him instead a warrior king. What did these two papers do with the review? They gave it prominent placement. In the case of the Washington Post story, the reviewer said snidely, you won't hear these views in Sunday sermons. Now think about this for a moment. Do you remember what happened the last time a book was published in Europe in which the identity and significance of the Prophet Muhammad was questioned? There were riots, burning of cars, attacks upon newspapers who published the story. I have yet to find any protest by any Christian leader against the book I just mentioned. None. The point is, our weakness has been noticed. Followers of other religions will put pressure of one kind or another upon the media in their own countries, whereas Christians will just try to find excuses or take refuge in the destructive belief that this is just a phase in the social media and in politics. I suggest to you that it is not a phase like adolescence and childhood. It is the end game. The desired result is the complete removal of Christian doctrine and symbols from the public sphere in Western culture, whether here or in, the United, in, in Europe. Christians will sit quietly while some leaders refer to people with religious beliefs as taking refuge in God and guns. Bitter clingers, I believe, was the phrase. How did we get to this point? While in the broadest sense you could say that it began with the Reformation and the Renaissance, You should realize that more immediately it began after the Vietnam War when the whole of Western society, whether in the United States or especially in Europe, gave up on the teaching of Western civilization and adopted a world civilization approach. This was a fundamental error which has been the cause of sweeping changes, especially in Western societies where we once pointed with pride to the accomplishments of Western culture, which brought the world political democracy in practical form, mass education, a revolution in the production of foodstuffs, and a level of personal comfort unknown to mankind for most of its history, we now apologize for or demean the contribution of those who created this very society and the beliefs on which it was based. As Christians, we ought to have objected to these developments, but we did not. We wanted to be seen as tolerant, loving, caring. 
We let the government take over social welfare, replacing private charity and producing a dependent, valueless culture of entitlement. We stood by silently while politicians took away the symbols of a Christian-based society, public prayer in the schools, nativity scenes in public places, crosses in public places. In England today, it is said that there are more Muslims at prayer in mosques on Friday than there are Christians at worship in Church of England parishes on Sunday. By the latest count, I've seen less than 2% of the population of Wales at the heart of England attend Sunday services at C of E churches. In America, you will find people who will not say Merry Christmas or send cards because they do not wish to offend Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, Confucians, Baha'is, Hindus, and others. On college campuses, you will find a great intolerance of Christian belief. Student organizations have been forced off campus if they advocate against same-sex marriage or want to meet to discuss the beliefs of the Christian faith. The open display of religious symbols such as crosses on change is discouraged as being oppressive toward advocates of other religions. In future weeks, I will speak about how individual Christians can fight back against these developments. I don't think that there are any easy answers and certainly none that would produce short-term results, but there are things that each of us could do that would start us on the road to reclaiming our right to practice our faith without intrusion by government, other people, or other religions. My closing prayer for today is taken from Third Hour, which I read each Sunday morning at 9 a.m. It is the sixth and final prayer of Third Hour. Grant us, O Lord God, the knowledge of thy divine words, and fill us with the understanding of thy holy gospel, and the riches of thy divine gifts, and the indwelling of thy Holy Spirit. Give us joy to keep thy commandments, and accomplish them, and fulfill thy will, and to be accounted worthy of the blessings and mercies that are from thee, now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. Thank you for joining me for this homily for the 14th Sunday after Trinity, The War on Christianity, Part 2. I invite you to join us on our YouTube channel because now we have all 11 episodes of the New, New Testament series uploaded to YouTube in the new iMovie format. You can find them at https colon right slash right slash www.stjohnc slash excuse me www.youtube slash user right slash St. John C. Thank you and may God bless you in all that you do in his name. Amen. Amen.